Uh, if you're like me, um, sometimes you're not the best student and you'll take this book and put it on your shelf. Um, here she is. B. Johnson was my former, actually I'm standing in a room with two former principals, uh, but B. Johnson was my principal um, when I was growing up in elementary school. And before I get started, uh, B, I just want to honor you. Uh, I respect you, but I want to give you honor. You are just full of wisdom. Uh, you constantly take me under your wing. You are a spiritual mother in my life. And you've been doing this since I was seven or eight years old, and you're constantly building me up and supporting me, and I just want to give you honor, B, because I would not be here if it wasn't for you. Thank you. So we can get into this now. So um, B, last summer we went to camp, and B bought me this book, and like the same guy that I've been since I was her student, this book went right on my shelf and didn't do anything with it. So I recently pulled it out and started reading it, and I just want to say thank you. This is an amazing book. Uh, we got Josh is reading it too right now. But if I can just read you guys just a little clip um, out of this thing, and just so you know, I'm reading and I'm highlighting notes. Don't worry, I'm being a good student now. But there's a moment, there's, we're right here, and this is, um, it's talking about kind of Peter's life. And I think there's something that we can all relate to, but it's, if you read, I'm going to read a little, a little verse out of this, a chapter, sorry. It says, Peter's the first of the disciples to recognize and declare that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. But later, he is caught arguing about who is the greatest in the kingdom. Peter famously walks on water with Jesus only to start sinking moments later. Peter even boldly declares, Lord, I will die for you, only to deny knowing Jesus hours later. And I think we can all kind of identify with Peter. And we have these good moments, and then we have these bad moments. We kind of live our life with these highs and these lows. But there's a moment, and if you go a little bit forward, um, and it's in John 21. Um, and this is after Jesus has died, and really after he's been uh, resurrected, and he's kind of walking around, meeting the disciples, saying, what's up, I'm back, I'm alive again. And Peter's already seen Jesus twice at this point. But you gotta understand Peter's life of his highs and his lows, and he is in a low spot right now. I mean, he just saw the King of Kings just get brutally crucified. And so he's got this moment, and he's sitting with the disciples, and they're kind of on the, um, they're on the Sea of Galilee, and they're on the shore, rather. And he tells the disciples, I'm going fishing. And he doesn't, and what he's saying to his disciples, he's not saying that I'm super bored or I'm super sad, I'm super depressed. He's saying that I'm going back to my old ways. I'm going back to being a fisherman because that's what I know what to do. And there's this moment where they all collectively say, we're coming with you. And so they go from this extreme high, and these guys are in the valley at this point, and they're on the, and they're on the water, and they're fishing, they're not catching anything. And this is probably, you know, early in the morning as they're kind of coming back to the shore. And they hear this voice cry out, hey, cast your nets on the other side. And one of the other disciples says, that's the master. And I think a lot of our times in our lives, we will be on the boat kind of in this isolated place, kind of doing our own thing. And you can hear the master's voice. And, and when you do that, I mean, it just, it makes such a, um... sorry guys, I lost my spot. But when he says that he hears the master, and, and, and uh, Peter immediately he strips his clothes, and he jumps in the water. And I think a lot of times in our lives, we're kind of in these isolated spots, but Jesus is sitting on the bank of our lives, sitting on the shores of our lives, just waiting for us to recognize his voice, waiting for us to say, that's the master, and I'm going to go swim to him. So 
encourage you guys with that, that Jesus is waiting on the shores of your life, no matter what you're going on, going through, if you've been through this extreme low, um, I mean, you could have been walking with Jesus and seen all these miracles happen, but then you get to these valleys where you just can't see past the bad things in your life. But I promise you, Jesus is sitting on the shores of your life, waiting for you to recognize his voice and come home. Amen? Amen. It's called ruined, and I'll let you borrow it when I'm done. Um, okay, so we're going to take up our offering. You guys are going to come up. Um, we are doing a building fund. Um, and so if you guys have your designated, if you want to send your money to the building fund, uh, just mark that on your offering, and then uh, we will get going um, with the rest of our service. We've got a special treat for you in a second. We're going to pray for our offering, and then we'll go. Father, we just we come before you, God, and we just say that... Um, we are thankful, Father, just as Josh was saying, God, we're thankful for the every, just the, even the breath that we take, God, to the food that we eat, to the homes that we live in, God, to the money that you give us, Father. We're thankful that everything that we have comes from you, God. We're thankful that we have a church that wants to, you know, grow in this community and better ourselves, God, and provide more facilities. So we're thankful for that, God. We thank this, everything that you were doing, Father, you were going to provide and fight our battles for us. And we say this with confidence that we love you, God. We trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we do have a special treat, and speaking about honoring and respect, I would like to honor Frank and Arlene. Frank and Arlene, you guys have just an amazing family with so much talent in it. And it all stems from you, Frank. I mean, and Arlene, just being the head of the household and training up your children in the ways of the Lord is just such a blessing to see that. <laughs> I promise, if you guys don't know the Tresseros, every single one of them is gifted in a musical talent, I just about. And it's amazing. And so today, because Frank and Arlene, we get to honor and be blessed by Danae. Danae is one of the worship, Danae is one of the worship leaders at Legacy Church, and she's gonna bless us, you guys. So just sit back, soak it up, and enjoy Danae Reyes. The Lord really used this church to help raise me um, in a very special way. And I have had the honor and privilege of serving with the Sebestas and with my family and um, being with the children. And the Lord has taught me such valuable lessons here that I couldn't have learned anywhere else. And uh, he really did use this place to um, set a firm foundation in my life. And um, show me who he is and his faithfulness and um, he has blessed my family and my life and allowed me to release an album which was a dream that I put to the side uh, for his sake and for his kingdom and it's amazing what happens when you truly do seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness he's not lying when he says all these things will be added to you my life is a perfect example um, we're happier now than we've ever been, and it's not been easy. It's not an easy road. You gotta go through the fire, and uh, but God promises you will not be burned, and when you pass through the waters, they will not drown you. And um, so, one of the song that I wanted to share with you guys is um, a song that I wrote um, to help me with anxiety and depression and things that burden believers and we're too ashamed to speak of them and the enemy takes advantage and he uses people to build those strongholds in our lives but praise and worship breaks the cloak of darkness and the heaviness 
it relieves the heaviness. So <clears throat> that's this song. It's called Peace Be Still. Only in your presence is my heart restored. Your voice can still the waters that consume my thoughts. Father, help me not to worry about tomorrow's things. Sufficient is the trouble for today, for today. Peace, be still, my soul. Don't be troubled, my heart. Don't forget the one who holds you. Peace, be still, my soul. Don't be troubled, my heart. Don't forget the one who holds you. Spirit whispers mysteries, revealing your heart. Father, teach me how to listen and to do your will. And use me to release your kingdom here, heaven here. Peace, be still, my soul. Come take courage, my heart.
just want to thank Pastor Ron for the honor and privilege of being here this morning and thank the Lord. Father, thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your presence and thank you for this opportunity. And I pray your blessings over this place and um, in Jesus' name, amen. I wanted to share some of the work that I do. Um, so I wear many hats and the Lord has me do a lot of things that doesn't make sense and that's okay. Um, but I've been part of this pro-life movement. Um, Albuquerque is the abortion capital of our nation. Um, we are known for our late-term abortions, and I know that's kind of a total different thing that's going on here, like way different track. Um, but we as the church are called to speak for those who cannot speak. And... Um, I am encouraged, it was, it's been a tough road getting momentum, getting people willing and bold, bold enough to stand and to speak and um, get involved, whether it's running for office or something to that effect. But we have the power and we have the authority. We're just not using it yet. And, but we're starting to. Um, the church across New Mexico is beginning to rise and stand together and in unity fight against all of the evil that we face because um, it's the church's fault that we're here. Not entirely, but if we had stood stronger many years ago, we would not be in this position. And so now we are doing everything we can to push back the darkness because we've allowed it to come. And so um, tomorrow evening, there's a prayer vigil on the state capitol steps uh, here in Santa Fe um, at 6 o'clock. I believe I'm going to double check real quick. Uh, I believe it's six. Six, yes. Um, please dress warmly. You're welcome to bring candles. We're actually joining with um, people, regardless of your faith, just come and speak for the voiceless. And there's been um, a really positive uh, response from various churches and from Catholic churches. And um, the Lord's doing something. He's really drawing his line and people are making their, their stand and choosing their side. Whom you serve, whom will you serve this day? So um, again, thank you, Pastor Ron, for all that you do, and uh, thank you all. I have some CDs in the fireside room or near there. If you guys want, um, it's all donation-based. I don't ask anything because it's a ministry. Uh, the Lord has called me to worship in Washington, D.C. in June, so I'm working on raising some money for that to represent New Mexico. Um, so if you all feel led to sow into that, God bless you. Have a great service. Great voice, great voice, Danae. God bless you. Awesome work. Hey, you guys out there? I can't, I can't see you. <laughs> How about some lights, guys? Light it, light this place up. We call the light, right? This, we're not going to sit in darkness this morning. Amen. All right. Uh, so I've got. I was, you know, you ever get inspired listening to somebody? I was listening to Life Church the other day, and I was listening to this message, and I thought. Man, this is good. I want to share this with you. And um, I'd been thinking about this uh, in light of, you know, what's been going on in my life and, you know, over the last couple of years. By the way, you know, Nina, you know, said last week that I'd be going in for my, my checkup. And so this is how it started. I get, they, I go to Denver. We flew up to Denver last Sunday uh, uh, evening and 
my first appointment was about 7.30 in the morning, and I go in, and they're doing some blood work, and uh, the lady's got this little, she does, you know, takes a little drop of blood and puts it in this kind of like a handheld computer, and she's like, hmm, hmm, I've never seen this before. She said, four stars, four stars. I don't know what that means. And this other nurse is next to her. She's like, four stars? I've never seen that in my life. What's that mean, four stars? And then the other nurse next door, like, what are you guys talking about? She said, like, like my, my computer's saying four stars. I've never seen that before. And she's like, I never have either. And I thought, you know what? I, to me, it's a good sign. I'm just saying, if you haven't seen it before, it's got to be good. And so went from there and... Um, you know, did my CAT scan, and it, I mean, this hospital, this University of Colorado Hospital, and they are so efficient, you know, I had a 7.30 appointment for blood work, and then, um, you know, went upstairs for the CAT scan, and then immediately had my doctor's appointment, but by the time I got to my doctor's appointment, they already had all the results from, you know, the uh, testing, and uh, this doctor, I mean, this guy, he's, he's pushing seven foot, I mean, like, if I go to hug him, I'm like around his waist, you know, <laughs> It's like, so he's saying, you know, I've got somewhere over 100 patients. And he said, I have two patients that I call awesome and outstanding, and you're one of them. You know, just right at the top of the chart, like numbers are off the record good. I mean, God is just so faithful and so good and gives me an opportunity to testify about how God is. And, you know, for those of you that, you know, aren't familiar with my story, I'll share it with you in just a little bit as we get into the Word. But... I want to talk about a subject this morning that is not real popular, but, you know, it's something that we need to think about from time to time. So I've got a little short video clip from some of you that, well, I'm not, you know, um, you know giving, uh, condoning this movie or suggesting that you should watch it, old movie back in the 90s called Ghost. But there is a scene in there that so depicts what I'm going to be talking about this morning, and I'm talking about the moment that you die. We've got a three-week series, and uh, we're going to talk about the moment you die, what happens, and the next week we're going to be talking about, we'll be talking about, you know, if you go to hell, what happens, and then the third week, if you go to heaven, what happens. So I want to just kind of cover it all, and uh, bear with me. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but we're going to get through this because it's something that we need to know, okay? So, uh, you guys crank it up, you can kill the lights again, and hope you start it in the right place. <laughs> it's PG-13. That's probably a good place to stop. I know some of you thinking I've seen enough. <laughs> you know, and uh, I, I want to just, this is not in your notes. And by the way, we ha we've got hard copy and then we've got online. If you want to, you know, just go to tlmv.org on your phone. If you've got a, a smartphone, tlmv.org. And you click on sermons. The sermon this morning is already downloaded there. Um, 
But um, this is from, I, I want to just share this with you from Luke chapter 16. And it says that this is a story about the, the uh, rich man and Lazarus. Rich man, a beggar named Lazarus, he was covered with sores and he longed to eat which fell, that which fell from the rich man's table. And even the dogs came and licked his sores. And the time came when the beggar died. Now listen to this. When the beggar died, the angels, okay, the angel of, angels of God carried him into Abraham's side. And the rich man died also and was buried in Hades. And he was in torment and looked up and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus by his side. And, you know, as I, I won't go any further there, but this scene just kind of reminds me of, of that. You know, this rich man was kind of, uh, you know, taken away uh, by ungodly angels, dark angels, taken away to this place called hell or Hades. That's just like a holding place and uh, a place where you wait uh, until this time of judgment. So C.S. Lewis said, that if you aim at heaven, you will get earth thrown in. If you aim at earth, you will get neither. It says, in other words, what you do today, because of what you believe about what happens to you after you die, could change everything. So I want to just talk to you just a, a moment about what happens in the moment that we die. And I'm going to be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I have it, we have it here on the overhead. You can follow me in your Bible or on your phone. Um, it says, we know that when this earthly tent, that this earthly tent that we live in is taken down, it's talking about our body, referred to as a tent, this uh, temporary body that we're in. He says that when we die and we leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven Remember Jesus said that in my Father's house there are many mansions, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And so uh, he says here that when we die and we leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself, not by human hands. And we grow weary in our present body. Sometimes that, you know, we get so frustrated with life, and you know, uh, I, I know we've all been there. We just think, you know, Lord... Amen. I just life, life is hard and it's frustrating, and you know I just I long for those days or long for the day that you come. I'm looking for and anticipating the day that you come. And other times, you know, life is good here on Earth, and you know it's like, eh, I'm not sure, sure I'm ready to go today. You know, it's just like we we have this back and forth in the way that we live. But he says that we grow weary in our present bodies, and we long to put on the heavenly body like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. He says, while we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and we sigh. But it's not because we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put our new bodies, put on our new bodies, so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. So we were always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. Yes, we are confident that we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. And some of your translations will say, to be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. So, so the moment that you die, your physical body, you're made up of a body, soul, and a spirit. And remember in Genesis that God said, let us make man in our own image. 
Well, when he made man, you know, Adam and Eve did not look like God. Now, on the inside, their spirit did. Their spirit, that part that communicated with God, looks like God. But that fleshly part does not look like God. That's not what God looks like. And so, um, so Paul writing here, he says that for us to be absent from the body, when, our, when the shell, you know, I, I love the story about the, uh, the pastor at a funeral, he was trying to give an analogy of, of what had happened to, the, uh, to this man that had just died. And he says, you know, he's just like an, an acorn, or, uh, you know, uh, uh, he, he says, the shell is here, but the nut is gone. Probably not a good thing to say at a funeral. <laughs> but, so, to be absent from the body, our, our shell is gone, but we, you know, immediately, if you're a believer, you go into the presence of the Lord. If you're an unbeliever, then you are drug away, just like depicted in the video that we just watched. So, the, the scripture goes on to say, so whether we are here, now listen to this, this is good. It says, well, it's all good because it's God's word, right? So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, listen to this, our goal, our goal is to please him. For we must all stand before Christ or the judgment seat of Christ uh, to be judged and we will each receive what we deserve for the good or the evil that we have done in this earthly body. So, get this, now one minute, I mean just the moment that you slip behind that parted curtain, you will either be enjoying a personal welcome, you know the scripture says in Matthew, I think it's a 25, when Jesus is talking about, you know, all the things that, you know, that people did, he says that, you know, I was hungry and you gave me some food and I was thirsty and you gave me some drink and I was in prison and you came to visit me and, you know, I was uh, naked and you clothed me, he says, you know, when did we see you, Lord? Do, when we, we never saw you do those, to do those things to you. And he said, when you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. And, uh, and, and then he goes on to say that when you didn't do it to the least of the brethren, you, you did it to him as well. And so he's saying that, you know, that he, he goes on to say that, that those that, uh, that did not do that, they didn't do what the Lord had commanded to them to do. It's like, sheep and goats, and he said that sheep he would gather, but the goats would be cast away. So um, what we really believe, and why I want to share this with you, because what you really believe about eternity right now, what you believe in your life, what you really believe in your heart about eternity is really going to determine how you live your life, how you live your life. I mean, if you really believe that, you know, that you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, are you going to stand, you know, before the Lord and give an account of your life? It's going to determine how you live your life. So, so as soon as, as this, this, I'm just going to point out three things, and I'll move through these quickly. Three things that happen the moment that your body dies. Our physical body dies. And the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 9, that in 9 verse 27, just as people are destined to die once, after that, they face the judgment. It's not reincarnation. You're not going to come back to somebody else and get another opportunity. You know, this is it. There's no, there's no reruns here. There's no mulligans if you're, you know, a golfer. You don't get a chance to do this again. You get chance, a chance to do life one time, and, you know, we cannot fail at this. I, I can't fail. You can't fail. So just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sin of many, 
and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation, bring salvation to those that are waiting to him. Bring salvation to those that are waiting for him. Um, and then the, the, the second point that I, I, I want to make, that the moment that you die, that our soul is separated from our bodies. Your body will just go into the, the dirt or to the earth, uh, dust to dust and ashes to ashes, but your soul immediately will go as a believer. Your soul will immediately go into the presence of the Lord or your soul will go immediately into this holding place called Hades or hell. It's the, the holding place. This is not the lake of fire. That's something different. It's like a holding place or a prison for departed souls. And, and uh, this is where the fallen angels, some of the, the uh, uh, fallen angels are there. And it's also where the, the uh, spirit or the soul of non-believers is held until the day of judgment. Uh, just kind of back to my story of the doctor visit, for those of you that are not aware, about three years ago, it was in August of 2015, that I was uh, up at our property in Angel Fire, and we were surveying, and um, I was riding a, a four-wheeler, and uh, the surveyor was behind me about 100 yards on a second four-wheeler, and uh, he had stopped to adjust, he was carrying all of the equipment, and he had stopped to adjust the equipment. And I turned around, I was driving fairly fast, and I turned around just to look over my shoulder to see what was going on, and I, apparently I, I looked too long, because when I turned around, the road had gone right, and I drove about 20 miles an hour off of Canyon, and landed into the bottom of the Canyon, and it was an absolute uh, horrific wreck. I broke my back, I broke four ribs, my ribs uh, were broken so bad that they punctured my lung, and I lacerated my liver. And I'm lying in the bottom of this canyon, you know, probably at least as high, I'm like from the ceiling down below. And I was so far down in the canyon that when he gathered all of his stuff and he drove by, I could only see about that much of his head going by. Uh, and he didn't see me at all, he just kept going. And uh, so I thought, well, I'm lying there and I'm in just, just intense pain. And I'm thinking, if he didn't see me the first time, there's a good chance that he will not see me when they come back. And I thought, you know, with every fiber, every ounce that was within me, I need to get out of this place. And I mean, I, you know, I, I thought, initially I thought I was paralyzed. I, I couldn't, you know, really determine how bad my injuries were until I tried to stand up. You know, it's just like those of you that have played football or sports, you know, you get that heavy hit and you're just like, you're wiped out, you know, and you're just trying to like, all right, you start thinking, am I okay? And if I'm not, you're trying to take a survey yourself. And so that's where I was. And then I tried to get up. My, I could wiggle my fingers and my toes. I thought, okay, I'm not paralyzed. But when I tried to stand up, I had the most intense pain, you know, just in my chest and back area that I could just hardly move. And, um, but I began to inch my way up out of this steep canyon and got up to the top, finally got up to the road. And, you know, just kind of fast-forwarding, I had a, you know, I was uh, air-vacked to the... Uh, from Angel Fire to the hospital. But on the way from Angel Fire to the hospital, and I, I can certainly identify this, my soul, I believe that my soul started to separate from my body. I believe that I was, you know, when I, I was questioning, you know, what was going on, it was just like something, you know, just unreal was happening in my mind and I couldn't quite figure out what was going on and, and I'm just like, you know, what, what is it? What's going on? What's happening to me? What's happening to me? And 
And I felt like, you know, either I answered back, a voice answered back saying, you're dying. You're dying. This is what dying feels like. And so then, you know, when I, when I, when I realized what was happening, with, you know, everything that was within me, I tried to fight that. I didn't want to die. And I, you know, wasn't, I wasn't thinking about anything other, I wasn't thinking about, you know, wife or children or anything. I was just thinking about, I want to live, and I'm going to fight this with all that I have. But, you know, when you're, I mean, when you're set on that course of dying, I mean, there's no turning this thing back unless God intervenes. I mean, God did that with Hezekiah. We see that when he found out that he was, God told him to get his house in order, and that's a good, you know, uh, thing for you and I to do as well, always be prepared to meet the Lord. And then God saw how broken he was and sent the prophet and said, I'm going to give you 15 more years. But back to me, you know, in my story, you know, I just felt like I was, I was leaving, I was leaving the shell, and, um, and I was terrified. I was just like, initially I was just scared, and I fought and fought and fought, but when you're on that course, there's nothing you can do. And this separation was taking place. My, my soul was leaving my body, and, uh, and I got caught up in this, these brilliant lights, and I was moving at the, at the speed of light and these laser-colored lights, and, and then, you know, all of a sudden, this kind of like I begin to, just God begin to quiet my spirit, and uh, this, this scent of fear and anxiety and worry left me, and I begin, this calm came over me as Danae was singing, Peace, Be Still, and I had this incredible peace that came over me, and then instead of fearing death, I was thinking, God, if this is dying, man, this is good, because it really feels good, and I feel like I'm in a good place right now, and I'm not worried, and I don't have fear, and I'm just traveling at the speed of light, and then all of a sudden, I just came to a stop, and I thought, you know what? I mean, my next step is I, I, I'm taking the step, I am taking the plunge where I'm leaving this life and I'm moving into this next life. And as I began to lift my foot to take that step, I felt like the finger of God on my collar and said, not yet, not yet. And then it's just like I woke up and I was back, I mean, back in pain and, you know, back here. But, uh, but that was it. I mean, and that's what was happening and that's what, you know, that's what we're talking about right now that when you, know, when you die, your spirit, your soul is leaving your body. And that's what, uh, that's what this scripture is about. So our soul is departed from our body. Don't be afraid. This is what the word of God says. Do not be afraid of those that can kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. And that's where in the video, that's where that guy was going. His body and soul was going to be destroyed in hell and, and, and the, the, uh, the poor man, Lazarus, you know, he was comforted. The angels of God gathered him up and, and took him and placed him in Abraham's bosom. And he had this incredible peace over him and, uh, because he knew that he was safe. And, you know, this is what God wants us to do. Instead of being afraid and, and worried that when you make peace with God, then you don't have to worry about death. He said, don't be afraid of those that can kill the body but not kill the soul, but rather... Be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. It's in Matthew chapter 10. And um, Jesus said, he's speaking to um, uh, Mary and Martha, 
um, about Lazarus, and he says, I am the resurrection and the life, and the one that believes in me, the one that believes in me will live even though he dies. You hear that? The one that believes in me will live even though the body dies. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And so, and then he says, um, he said, and with, this is Jesus speaking to the thief on the cross. You know, there were two thieves. One of them was cursing Jesus, and another one said, Lord, today, he says, when you go into paradise, would you remember me? Would you remember me when you go into your kingdom? And Jesus said, today, today, you are going to be with me in paradise. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's what Jesus said. Amen? He says, he says I tell you today, you're going to be with me in, president, in paradise. And then in Philippians 1.20, it says, and I trust, this is what Paul is saying, you know, this great apostle written, you know, two-thirds of the books of the New Testament, he says, I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ. Whether I live or die, for me to live, living means living for Christ. But dying is even better. So he's got this, like, this dichotomy going on inside of his life. It's like, man, you know, if I die, I can go and I can be with Jesus and I can see him face to face. I can be in the presence of God. He said, but on the other hand, you know, it's, it's good for me to be here because I know that I'm helping you. I mean, I'm writing, you know, writing scripture and encouraging people and living a life that's pleasing to God. He says, for me, to, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between the two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which is far better for me, but for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live. So the, our physical bodies die, and then our soul is separated from the body. And then the third thing that happens to us is that we all face judgment. We're all going to stand before the judgment seat. And um, there are two judgment seats. There's the great white throne judgment, which is for non-believers. Non-believers will stand before the great white throne judgment. And there is the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to talk about both of them. But before I get there, 1 Peter 1.17 says, And remember the heavenly Father to whom you... Uh, to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in this reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residence. Right, remember, the heavenly Father, to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward. Great white throne judgment is judgment. Judgment seat of Christ is reward. You get rewards for what you did here on earth. You get rewards for the time that you sacrifice, for the time that you pray, and the time that you read your Bible, the time that you share your testimony, the time that, you know, you witness and bring others to Christ, the money that you give, all the sacrifices that you, that you made, God is keeping a record of all the things that you've done. And, and for the, for the uh, unbeliever, the Bible talks about the great white throne judgment. And uh, John records this, and John is in the Isle of Patmos, and by this time that in John's life, writing this, um, that, um, you know, the temple has already been destroyed. And, I mean, John's had this incredible revelation of the book of Revelation, this revelation of, of John while he's there in prison. 
uh, the last remaining of the disciples and the apostles. And he says, I saw, while he's there in, at, at Patmos on this island, it was a prison island, he says, I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it, and earth and sky fled from his presence. He says, and there was no place to hide. And I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were open, including the book of life, and anyone's name who was not found written or recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So John's saying, you know, I saw this. On, on the day, that day, I saw these books that were open, and, you know, there, there was, a, there was a, a list of names, and he said that whose ever name was not written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire or cast into hell in the lake of fire. So the way that you get your name written is to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You make peace with God. And he's, the Bible says that if you confess your sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive you all of your sins and cleanse you of unrighteousness. It says the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse us of all of our sins. And so the way that you get your name written in is receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that whosoever, whosoever, that would include you, it would include me, Whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Will be saved. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And God's spirit is stirring in some of your hearts and your lives right now. Some of you are saying, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure right now. Some of you are saying, you know what? I believe this. This is, this is bearing witness to my spirit. This is bearing witness to my soul. I want to receive Jesus today. I want to make sure that my name is written in that Lamb's book of life. Listen to this. This is, a, this is a very scary passage of Scripture. I think that all of us should just weigh in on it because he says in Matthew chapter 7, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do, only those who actually do. You hear me? Not just going to church. Not just saying some little prayers, not even just reading your Bible, only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. And on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, and in your name we cast out demons, and in your name we performed many miracles, and in your name, in your name, we, we did all of these things. Lord, in your name, I, 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 I hit those two high holy days. I mean, every Christmas, almost every Christmas, and every Easter, almost every Easter, I came to church. Don't you remember that, God? I showed up. The two high holy days on the calendar, I showed up for that. And I said a few prayers. Good Lord, good meat, good Lord, let's eat. Man, I, I said those prayers. I, I, I said all those, those fancy prayers. Don't you remember that, God? You know, I, I, don't you remember how I used to just, man, I, I, you know, I'd throw $2 in the plate on Easter and Christmas. Don't you remember that? Don't you remember that, God? And he said, but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, those of you that break God's laws. You know, and then... He says that we must all appear either the great white throne or the judgment seat of Christ. 
And he says that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. When you appear, this is where believers go. Unbelievers go to the great white throne. Believers go to the judgment seat of Christ so that he can reward you for all of the things that you've done while you were in the body, whether they were good or bad. And then goes on to say that, back, let me just point this out again, 2 Corinthians 5, 9. So whether we are here in the body or away from the body, our goal, our goal, my goal and your goal should be to please him. Guys, I want to just tell you that, you know, it is so hard to walk this walk. And, I, and I'm saying this, man, we live in America. We live in the greatest nation on the face of the earth. And we have so many distractions here. And, and Luke talks about how, you know, that all these beautiful things in life, I mean, our homes and our houses and our families and our, you know, all the things and sports that we like to do and our football and, you know, our fishing and hunting and golfing, all the things that we like to do are pulling and taking us away from the thing that we really need to do. Remember when Mary and Martha and Jesus came to their house and Martha's trying to prepare this meal for Jesus and, and, you know, Mary is just sitting there like, you know, Jesus is teaching and she's clinging to every word that he's saying and, and Martha's just upset and she's like, man, I've got so much work to do and the bread's in the oven and dishes need to be cleaned and Mary's not here to help me and, and she's like, you know, railing on Mary and like, Lord, I, don't you see how much I have to do? And look at her. She's just sitting there listening to you. And he said, Martha, Martha, you are troubled by many things. And there are a lot of things that are weighing heavy on you. But one thing, everybody say one thing, one thing, one thing is important. One thing is important. And that's not going to be taken away from her. See, the one thing that was important to Mary was to listen to what Jesus had to say. That was the one thing, that was the, th that was the most important thing. The, the food could wait, the dishes could wait, the preparation could wait. The one thing that was important was listening to what Jesus had to say. He says, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, he says, I beg you, He's still, this, these words of Paul are still ringing true today. He said, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called. You, you, you have been called by God. See, guys, I'm going to just tell you that, you know, the, the Bible says that before, this is why this issue on abortion is so important to us and to God, because God told Jeremiah, he said, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. I knew you, and I had a plan and a purpose for your life. I had a plan and a purpose for your life. So he says that you were created. This is uh, second, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 that we are his work.